You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There has been a vicious, vicious misconception that floats all around NFL Twitter that nobody in the NFL wants to play for Bill Belichick. In fact, many fans, Patriot fans included, and the media members alike have told us that after Tom Brady left for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that nobody would want to play for the New England Patriots. Belichick sort of shocked the world on Saturday when he swung a trade with his AFC East divisional rivals, the Miami Dolphins, and brought in wide receiver Devontae Parker. And get this, Ian Rappaport says that it was Parker's choice to join the Patriots. I guess that throws a little wrench into the nobody wants to play with for Bill Belichick narrative. Welcome to the Dear Pat Station Podcast with Ray Rout. My name is Ray Rout, so this is my podcast. Make sure you go check out DeanBlendell.com. Over 120-something podcasts and content creators, sports, news, politics, entertainment, and more. Did I mention sports? Go check out DeanBlendell.com. I got a piece coming out tomorrow. I think you're all going to dig it. Maybe I should write one about Chris Sale being back on the IL. That's how you know baseball season's right around the corner. We're going to bring in producer Mike here in just a second. We got a guest tonight. You may know him. Guys, make sure you go check out my website, rayroute.com. Hey, go download the Halftime app. Big things coming. I got meetings this week with them. All these new features coming out. Really, really excited. Download the Halftime app. Look up Rayroute. You can find the content I got going on over there. And uh, go check out the Newsbreak app. Download that or go to newsbreak.com. Just look up Rayroute. Look at all my uh, content I got going up over on Newsbreak. All right. With that being said, let me bring in the co-host, producer Mike. Michael, how are you? Good. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Fantastic, Mike. Fantastic. We got a guest tonight, Michael. Who is it? it? So I came in. Let's not tell anybody who it is first. Sure. I came in. So last Thursday, we officially announced you as the new official co-host of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. We did. Well, you did. I did. <laughs> I got here late. Mm. Was it awkward between you two? No, he's the man. Why would it be awkward? He's the man. He was gracious. Yeah. All right. Let me you do know. my little intro to him, then you can bring him in, okay? Sure. Sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen introducing the funniest man on the internet my best friend i've never met the biggest Sox and patriots neutral observer no bias takes you may know him for his commentary i just know him as connor ladies and gentlemen 
Connor Carney. Yeah. Yeah. Dear Pats Nation, I'm still I'm still rocking it. You're still rapping. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's because you own like three hoodies. That that's part of it, yes. That's actually a very good observation. But still, it's my favorite. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys? Good. We haven't had you on in a while because I've had to kind of change things around, had to cut you as a regular guest, but figured some big things have happened around the off season. Time to bring in big Connor, things. get his opinion on some ish. Yep. Absolutely. It's been good. I was very surprised of Saturday's move, but I loved it. I think that's been the best move so far of the off season. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, gentlemen, I was late because I was causing shit on Twitter. We yeah we knew that <laughs> yeah yeah we we were aware yeah were you, were you surprised ah yeah. shocked I was shocked stunned too stunned not to speak all. I figured because I'm not usually like that I'm usually very tame on Twitter I just like to go there just kind of observe and do nothing anyways I interjected myself in a conversation I wasn't involved in <laughs> um, was reading through the comments of a tweet found the. Ugh, like the just the angriest little troll I've ever fucking like Danny Amendola angry. <laughs> Maybe that's who it was. No and picture, I decided, right? well, no, no picture. Just uh, his his name is Patriots fan like nine 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 or something like that. And um, and it's just like the Patriots logo, but some shit one, like not even a good one. And I was like, okay, how can I tactfully engage this guy because I need to hit him at a level that he understands. I got to simplify things. So I just you got to stoop to their level. I do. So he was getting all upset about the Devonte Parker trade. He doesn't like it. You know, he wasn't a part of it. He wasn't digging it. So I just, I, I did what I thought was correct. And I took the Canadian way out and I stayed polite. And I just quote tweeted that uh, this guy's so angry. It's probably because he's got a small dick. Um, <laughs> yep. And until I see pics, I'm just going to assume he's got a micro penis. He, he then asked me, confused that I wanted to see pictures of his dick. I said, no, I'm just going to assume you got a small dick or you get bullied by your mother and move on with my life. And uh, One of the other, right? One of one of two options there. That's it. So Either A or B. Normal day for Ray. Yep. Another another day on Twitter. Patriots fan 99999. I think he's called me an idiot before. <laughs> The guy's got like 10 followers. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> Dude, so like I I kill Twitter in a sense of like I get a lot of uh, interaction on there at least two or three times a week. I get a, a tweet that blows up and gets hundreds or thousands of likes and retweets and that kind of thing. You destroy Twitter. Like, yeah, you just, you're, <laughs> you're good at the Twitter. You're good at the Twitter. That's what I was meant for, I guess. That was, that's, that was my gift to the world is tweeting. <laughs> That's all. That's all I have to my name. My my favorite part of it all is that there's people like me who understand what you're doing. Yes. And then there's people that are like, "Dude, you're a fu- you you're a fucking idiot." I, that's my favorite when people have no idea what's going on and then they comment in all angry and then I double down and say something even more stupid. My favorite one that you put out this year was uh, like or the recently was everybody's talking about Bill Belichick's not doing anything. You just re-signed a ten time a ten time Pro Bowl receiver to the <laughs> back of the roster. That, yeah, that caused everyone to get upset uh. because there's we, that just shows you how small our fan base really was when we were when we were podcasting together because no one gets it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So 
we don't text that often anymore. Like we used to text all the time when we were partners. We don't text that often anymore. But every once in a while, I drop some knowledge on you. And what did you think when I showed you that Chad Kelly is now a Toronto Argonaut? I think my first thought was that they weren't able to sign Josh, uh, Jake Delagala. Because obviously, <laughs> if they could have gotten him, he, he would still be unsigned. But I'm, I'm happy for him. I mean, maybe they'll execute some sort of, you know, Chad Kelly, Nikhil Harry type trade who'll end up with the Patriots, but I'm I'm happy for him to see to see him land on his feet like that. I'm thinking though that I should reach out to Cody Lasick and I should buy two season tickets and invite him to be my guest for every game so we can watch Chad Kelly play in the Canadian Football League together. Right? It would I mean, only be fair. That's the only fair thing to do, right? I would I would say so, Mike. What do you think? It's that sounds right to me. Hey, you know, sounds about right what we got to do all right let's get this shit going for real so i saw a couple of these tweets today this first one came out from ian rapaport that said uh from nfl now this weekend the dolphins traded wide receiver Devonte parker to the patriots with parker making it clear that's where he wanted to play and evan lazar put out probably the most obvious quote tweet in the world <laughs> sounds like Devonte parker really wanted to come to the patriots thanks captain obvious listen as I kind of stated before, this really puts a wrench in the people don't want to play for Bill Belichick. Now that Tom Brady's here, the New England Patriots will not be able to sign for anybody. Here's a guy who had a desire to play for the Patriots, not just such a desire to play for the Patriots, that he and his agent were able to get the Miami Dolphins to trade him to a divisional rival. This wasn't like he wanted to play for the Patriots and he was coming from the New Orleans Saints or he was coming from the Kansas City Chiefs. This dude played. He's going to see. They're going to see him twice a year. This is a guy, let's not forget, who burnt Stephon Gilmore two years ago when the Patriots were trying to get a bye in second, the second overall seed in the AFC. 1,200-yard receiver that season. Devontae Parker, wide receiver one potential. Connor, you and I made a living of defending bill belichick is this a little bit of just desserts because this is a legit receiver who wanted to play with mac jones yes. and for bill belichick yeah i i love to see that this morning that was awesome because i was confused on saturday i was shocked that they got him because of the exact reason you almost never trade within your division especially yes. with somebody who's clearly going to help the patriots at probably one of their biggest needs so they're going to go out and trade Devontae Parker to the Patriots for what I thought was very little. I mean, they're getting a third-round pick next year, but the Patriots are getting a fit this year. I, I was shocked by that, but now it all makes sense. Him and his agent said, we want to go to New England. That's where he's going to play, and they had no choice but to essentially oblige. So that kind of spins the whole nobody wants to play for Bill Belichick into the opposite where he only wanted to play for Bill Belichick, and he forced the team to trade within the division and make their – probably biggest rival next to the Buffalo Bills better. So it kind so, of puts a kibosh a little bit. So Michael, with this news today that he that Parker wanted to play for the Patriots, what was your thoughts on it? Um, well, my first thoughts on it were, uh, how is Boston Media going to spin this to make it sound fake? And that's exactly what they did was, oh no, he didn't actually want to play here. This is building the team spinning, you know, spinning their narrative. I, like, how hard is it to believe that when you played in Miami, a dysfunctional team for your entire career, and you see Bill Belichick, you see Robert Kraft, you see stability, and you go, "Yeah, I want to go play for that guy." No, that that you know, that's unbelievable. 
according to Boston media. Was that really? Was that like Boston radio today? Was that yeah, really that the was, narrative? That's the Patriots, yeah, that was that's Bill and his team spitting the narrative. Yep, yeah, that was that was the that was the talk all day. Was it was Bill and company sp- uh, spinning the narrative? You guys must be of so course. proud to be from Mass. You must be so proud uh, to be a part of that just that culture there because you guys like you really do you really cultivate such a positive sports culture around there like <laughs> like everybody appreciates title town everybody appreciates all the championships how about the fact that chris sale is going to be on the il this year and the Sox are still going to be fighting out for first in what is going to be the most loaded division in baseball yeah uh even though i believe it's going to be the toronto blue jays this year because they just look they just i mean Chapman and Springer hitting home runs today was just like the Vladdy stole a base during spring training. I saw that. I saw that. (laughs) Uh, I did make, I don't know if you guys saw in the group chat today. Connor is a part of it. He just doesn't come on it ever. Um, I made a, a, what do they call it? A a declaration today. Is that what it is? A declaration? I I don't know. I have, I'm asking you. I I don't have have any words to contribute there. (laughs) I have made the decision that I am no longer cheering for any baseball team. Really? You're going neutral? What's the what's the reasoning behind this? Because I baseball players, in my opinion, are the most likable athletes in the world. Like, okay, there are okay. so many players I like from every single team. Like, there's both there's Red Sox. Like, you know, one of my favorite players of all time is David Ortiz. Yeah, and probably sixth on my list is Dustin Pedroia. So, like, there's two Boston Red Sox that are on my list of all time favorite players. My all time favorite player is Derek Jeter, obviously, right? But, um, like, it goes down the list. I love Vladdy. I mean, I love a lot of the guys that the Blue Jays have brought in. Like, that Blue Jay team is just so fun to watch. Boston is going to be fun to watch. <clears throat> the Yankees yep. are going to be boring. They're going to be their usual robotic self. But yes. there's guys on that yep. team that I like. There's guys on Tampa that I like. And, I mean, every single team. Mike Trout, huge fan of Mike Trout. <clears throat> so I've decided that I'm no longer going to have an allegiance to any team. I'm going to cheer for players. And the team that I cheer for that day is going to be which team has more players that I like on the team. All right. That's fair. That's a, that's a good right. season to be doing this, too. It's going to be a, a heck of a run in, in the AL. There's so many good teams, except for the Orioles. I've also, like, because of the podcast and stuff, I'm going to be honest with you guys. And, and Connor, I think this happened to you a little bit. Sports became, like, unenjoyable to me. Because yeah. I, I had to look at it from a different frame. I was swelled up with all the negativity of stuff. Um, you know, I cheer for Bayern Munich in soccer, but I'm, like, right into that. Like, it's intensity. Everybody knows I'm a bigger soccer fan than I'm a football fan. And it's just, like, so I'm right in there. So I want to use baseball as just, like, my I don't give a shit escape. I'm just going to sit back in the summertime, have the radio on in the backyard. As you guys know, that's my favorite way to take in baseballs to list it on the radio when I'm working the backyard or in the evenings, sitting there streaming on my phone on the back porch and just enjoy whatever games on TV and not have an allegiance or, and then when the playoffs come around, I'll cheer for like probably the underdog. I'll cheer for the Cinderella team the whole way through. No, that makes sense. That's good. You won't won't have to stress about the, the, the games. Well, I'm going to be real with you guys. Let's. It's. I mean, most people on here know, but for a lot of years, I've been a Yankees fan. Yeah. Right. I was cheering for the Red Sox in the playoffs last year. One for Connor for you because I knew Yankees. you know what I mean. But number two, dude, you and I talked about those the Sox way before the season. We were like 500. They're a yeah. 500 team. Um, they're going to be a pain in the ass. They're going to be good, but they're going to be about a 500 team. How can you not cheer for a team that comes out of nowhere and and does what the Red Sox do? Right. They almost completed the Cinderella story. I mean, they got to game six and they just yeah. fell apart. They just didn't have the, the horses. But the, the fact that they went that far was miraculous. The only thing that upset me about the whole scenario 
because I mean, like Yankees, Red Sox, playoffs, one game elimination, you're always yep. going to be into that. But the Blue Jays not getting in, it's my home city, winning over 100 games and not getting into the playoffs, that that was a tough pill to swallow around here. Yeah, they were right there. I, they, they were within one game, I think. It was like... Uh... So that final game of the season, yep. I basically turned the Blue Jay game off when they went up 7 nothing because it came down to the Yankees and Red Sox. One of those two teams had to lose for the, the Blue Jays to make it in the playoffs. And I think the Yankees were against... Tampa, and that was the yep, whole conspiracy yep. theory that the Rays blew the game because they would have had to have played the Blue Jays in the playoffs after the because they just assumed the Jays would have beat the Yankees or Red Sox in the wild in the wild card round, and they would yep. have had to play the Blue Jays. So it's a tie game going to the ninth inning, and what's his name? The manager of the Rays comes out and puts out a pitcher who had like a seven ERA and was pitching <laughs> like shit all year, and let the Yankees win the game and knock the Blue Jays out of the playoffs. I, I forgot about that. I forgot that that happened. And the Red Sox had to make a huge comeback in that last game. I'm yeah, pretty you sure they were come, losing. You did. They yeah. were. Everything was looking up for the Blue Jays for most of that day. They won like 13 to one. You know, they and then and then yeah, and then it all just fell apart in, in the the later parts of the game. I had three things going on on my TV. I had the Jays game on the bottom, the Red Sox game there, and the Yankees game there. Just like watching all all of them going at it. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic day of baseball. I mean, it was. Happy that baseball's back because, dude, I was ready to boycott. I'll tell you what. You gonna boycott the MLB? No, I was. I said I said, but they came back. But if they would have oh. canceled this season, I would have been done. Yeah, just because yeah. they're so stupid. Just because they're so stupid. That that wasn't even an option to me. They had to play, man. They had to play for for everybody's sake. I mean, they just lost all this money to the COVID season. They're complaining that they didn't make any money, and now they're they're gonna not play. And they're saying how the sport's dying, and now all of a sudden they're gonna take a year off. The, the whole thing didn't make sense. And the sport is dying. We know that. We know right. from an age demographics standpoint, it is dying. I mean, how many of your friends? You guys are from Boston, so it's a little bit different. But how many of your friends are like really true hardcore? How many of your friends are fans of the Boston Red Sox August first? <laughs> I because mean, there's, there's a lot of Blue Jays fans here in April yep. and September, but you know May, June, July, August, they're not Blue Jays fans, right? No. Now, I, I have some friends that do watch fairly consistently, probably not as much as I do, but I have friends that won't watch a game the entire season until the playoffs. They, I don't even know if they watch the playoffs. Like they're just not interested. And these are people who watch the Patriots every move. Like they watch the Celtics, the Bruins, and everything. These are the Baseball, guys that are texting no out on a Sunday afternoon. The the in, in in July that it's a replay of the Bills and Patriots playoff game. If anybody's interested, yeah, hundred percent. But they won't put on the live Red Sox game, right? Yeah, no, they needed to come back. Guys, head on over to patreon.com slash DPN Sports for only $5 a month. Here's what you get. You get direct access to me. DM me, I DM you back. I promise you. Uh, you also get to leave your comments and questions on every single episode of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. And uh, you get the uh, live version of the podcast. For those of you who are watching this just on YouTube at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or whenever, you're getting the restream of this. It's only the Patreon crew, and there's people watching right now who are getting to watch this live. And you also get your comments and questions answered. So let's get into it. We are here with my co-host, Producer Mike, and my former co-host, Connor Carney, down on the bottom. Find him on Twitter, at Connor Commentary. So, guys, Alex says... Do you think Devontae Parker has gotten injured so much because of the type of physical receiver he is? Alex, there's physical receivers out there that don't get injured. There's non-physical receivers that get hurt all the time. Uh, to me, 
I think to me, when it comes to injury, unless you're like a fat guy like me sitting at home on his couch watching people play sports instead of participating in sports yourself, I just think that these guys take care of their bodies. These guys do their things. And I think that guys just run into bad luck. Some guys can take a hit. Some guys can't. I mean, you can't not tear an ACL. There's nothing. Look at Julian Edelman. He was in the best shape of his life. Tore an ACL or PCL. Why? Because it's an attendant on your body. Right. Brady won the Super Bowl. We found out he was playing on what? A tore MCL. Yep. So it even happens to Mr. Pliability. People just get hurt. Gronk, Gronk was a guy like that. But yeah, when you play physical, you're going to take hits that are going to injure you, right? Gronk took those hits to the back, took those hits to the legs, but he also had the size and the power. Uh, but I really, I am a really big believer that some guys just run through bad luck when it comes to injury. Mike, we'll go to you first. Yeah, I, I, I hope that's more of what it is. It's just bad luck. Listen, when you are a physical player, like Ray said, you're going to take more abuse. Um, and let's be honest about Devonte Parker. He's not a soft player. He will run through guys. That's one of the attractive things about him. So, um, yeah, he's going to sustain injury. Um, hopefully it's not that he doesn't take care of himself because, you know, we hear some of that. Sometimes maybe guys don't take care of themselves properly. We'll see what happens going forward. Hopefully he, uh, turns the page and stays healthy with new England. That's what I'm going to say here. Connor. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm hoping it's been a series of mis, misfortunate events for him and not necessarily the style of his play. I mean, I know he's known for contested catches, so maybe that puts him in a little bit more of a higher category of potentially getting injured. Like you said, there's been a ton of people who have played similar to that and they have not gotten injured. So it's definitely a mixed bag. I mean, maybe it has something to do with it, but I don't think it's like that big of a percentage that he's going to get injured based on how he plays because... I mean, we saw people like Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, that went over the middle and got crushed constantly and consistently stayed out there. So, I don't know. I think it's been a, a series of misfortunate events for him over the past, like, six years. Misfortunate events? Look at you. I had, to use a bi- I had to use a big word. I didn't know what declaration meant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Alex, for your question. Articular Pack 6 says, with the Parker signing, where does this rank the need for wide receiver in the draft? I think it ranks it exactly where I had it ranked a week ago, two weeks ago. I was not a New England Patriots fan who said that wide receiver was the number one priority. The Patriots lost J.C. Jackson. The Patriots have to go up against Tua Tango Viola. They have to go up against Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Sorry, they go against Tua and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. They have to go up against yeah. Zach Wilson. They have to go up against those three quarterbacks twice. Guess who else they got to play? They got to play Derek Carr. They got to play Matt Ryan now. They have to play, I believe, uh, Lamar Jackson. Like, they have to play Joe Burrow, right? Because they have the North this year. They have to play all of these different good quarterbacks. Defense has always been my priority. My priority list still goes... 1 and 1A, so I don't care which way it goes. Cornerback, if Andrew Booth Jr. is there, take him. Linebacker is my second one. Wide receiver sets number three for me. Offensive line number four. Mike, what do you, or I'll go to Connor first. Connor, what yeah. is your priority? Where is the Patriots' need for wide receiver in the draft, in your opinion? I want to see them draft a wide receiver, but I've been saying for a while now they need to get younger and faster on defense. Yes, both at corner. J.C. Jackson left a huge hole. We have in the division now Tyreek Hill, which is going to be a problem, obviously. Then and I don't know have, if you saw this. McDaniel over in Miami wants to use him like Debo Samuel. 
Is that, guess, what, is that what they're saying? Yeah, because McDaniel was the uh, offensive coordinator of San Fran, oh, right? Boy. And no, yeah, San Fran, no, yes, yeah, San Fran, yeah. And uh, he's the one who put Debo Samuel to be, be the freak on the field. Yeah, that's he's the one who did that. Now he wants to use Tyreek to be the same freak. Yeah, that's that's going to be a problem. And then Stefan Diggs has already been a problem for the Patriots for the past two years. So they need to address corner. They need to address linebacker. Uh, they need to, they just need to get faster on defense and younger on defense. Only way you're really going to do that is through the draft. But wide receiver is still, I think, very important because Devontae Parker is going to be great this year, I hope, and have an opportunity to be a wide receiver one. But long term, I think they need to start developing somebody who can grow with Mac Jones and, you know, start to gain chemistry with them i think it's going to depend on who belichick sees there if he sees a corner he really likes take them if a wide receiver falls later than they thought he might maybe he'll take them but i i'd say it's second or third first is either corner or linebacker they need to defense is more of a priority than offense right now connor what i want to know is let's say there's a, a wide receiver that not a lot of teams are looking at or people are kind of unsure about and he's on the fence but he interviews well <laughs> I was just going to say it's really going to come down to, to the interview. If if he aces the interview, then I would probably consider taking him in the first round. And, uh, you know, would you it, trade it up the first overall if uh, if the EVA aces the interview, if if they guaranteed he was going to block like Nikhil Harry, I would do it tomorrow. Oh, Miles Garrett would be shaking in his boots. <laughs> uh, Mike, what about you? What do you think? Priority uh, wide receiver. Um, So. I think defense with your first overall pick, unless, you know, Jamison Williams falls, which he's he's not going to. He's not going to fall to 21 at this point. Um, I would like, I think second round is a good place for them to pick wide receiver. In fact, I put this question out on your, uh, or the business account today. I didn't really get any feedback, but there's there's a couple of good good wide receivers in the second round that could could really fit the bill for the Patriots here. Big, fast. We're talking like six three, six four guys. Like, you, you know, probably where Nikhil should have been drafted mid mid second round type of guys. That are a bit of a project. They have measurables, so I'd like to see them go there. I think you can get a linebacker in the third round this year and be fine. To be honest. So Connor, when I won the uh, Newsbreak Video Maker of the Year nice. award, which again I share with you, I still say I still say we shared we shared it together. So thank you. Take a bow. Let me applaud to you. Um, I wanted to make mention of it on the business account, which is at Ray Route Web. You know what I mean? Like nice. it's at Ray Route Web. So I text Mike and I go, "Can you say something nice about me on the Twitter account? Because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do something nice forgot, about myself about on the account." That that, uh, that that makes sense. Although that's what people do, right? They talk in the third person when they like anybody's website or when they're advertising for themselves. Dude, when I write like the blog that goes with the podcast, teambond.com, and I'm like. Mike and Ray coasted Connor. It's so <laughs> weird to, to write yourself in the third person. All right, I, let's keep going here. So this tweet came out today uh, from PFF Fantasy Football that said the Patriots are building a sneaky good offense. Now, they did highlight Ragam, Mark, Mac Jones. Uh, they got Ramondre Stevenson on there, Damian Harris. And then they've got Jacoby Myers and Devontae Parker, which I found a little bit offensive because I still rate Kendrick Bourne ahead of Jacoby Myers. Yep. Uh, yes. I actually I kind of stirred the pot a little bit over the weekend when I said a hot take. I think that Myers is now expendable with the Devontae Parker signing, especially if the Patriots draft somebody. 
Um, did, I mean, a lot of views didn't go over well, but you know, I don't, I, I upset a lot of people, but yeah, I think that, you know, when you take a lot of things into consideration, when you take in Devonte Parker with wide receiver one potential, when you have Nelson Aguilar, another speedster on the other side, you got Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers. I would say those are four, one possibly very good and three good to very good. A couple of them wide receivers. You've got two very good to great tight ends. And you've got two great running backs and you've got a quarterback who could take a leap and be very good this season. If the Patriots figure out this offensive line, if they draft a wide receiver, if James White is here for a whole season, if Ty Montgomery can fill that Rex Burkhead role, yep. this Patriots offense is actually pretty good. It's sneakily good. I, I actually got to agree with them. Michael, go to you first. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this the other night. I mean, aside from Boston media, you know, most journalists after the Parker acquisition are saying like, oh, okay, this offense isn't that bad on paper. But again, do we think they're going to hold on to Jacoby Myers? We don't know. You know, is Devontae Parker going to stay healthy? We don't know. But at the very least, if Kendrick Bourne and the tight ends take a step just, just right there, we could be in good shape. Connor. Yeah. I mean, it, I think Parker changes everything now because if he can stay healthy the entire season, he's a guy who yep. can have a thousand yards receiving and then take a look at what Kendrick Bourne did last season. I think he's going to continue to be very good. Jacoby Myers, if he stays now is going to get to play as a three, you know, and then Nelson Aguilar, if he's on the team, he's, he's not going to have a lot of pressure to do much. I think John U. Smith's going to take a step forward. Hunter Henry had a great season last year. Didn't get injured at all, knock on wood. We'll keep that the same. The running backs are are excellent. I mean, you have that one-two punch with right. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. They're going to pound the football. And then James White as the third down back, and I completely forgot about Montgomery. I mean, they are going to be sneakily good. And they, they haven't even finished the offseason yet or gone to the draft. And right now, they do look like they're in a pretty good position to at least be sneakily competitive. And I think it's one of those things where perhaps we shouldn't react to the first week of free agency because that's exactly right. what New England Patriots fans did. Yep. It was just a blunt reaction to uh, Christian Kirk being overpaid and some of these other players around the league being overpaid. And, you know, I mean, do something. Uh, one of Connor's personal friends, one of my favorite Twitter followers, but sometimes the guy could drive me mad. You're a boy, Michael, right? Notre Dame, this guy who predicted Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. I mean, he was starting to irritate me because he was getting all worked up about the Patriots not doing anything. And then he starts making all these, you know, wacky, crazy predictions. Um, and then there was just people like Patriots fan 9999999999 who were just like, you know, just actually I never met the guy till today, but he's got a small dick. But uh, yeah, those are the rumors. Yeah, just just these angry angry Patriot fans like he's doing nothing and I think that's why when they they traded for Devontae Parker nobody could be happy about it because it's like fuck I've been miserable for so long I've been just fucking bitching and whining for so long how can I turn around now and suddenly support this team that's very true. Yeah, that's a very good point. That people stay in that negative mindset, and then they've already written it off. They've already come out with these great, uh, what was the word we used? Declarations that the Patriots are only going to win six <laughs> games. They're going to come in last place in the league. They're going to be terrible. And now that they slowly start to build up on some of these good moves, now everyone doesn't want it. They want to stick their uh, stick their feet in and double down rather than admit that the Patriots might actually be competitive. And I know that they are because before I even came on here, I checked uh, the sports book and the Patriots are like plus 130 to make the playoffs. So that's okay. almost even money. 
this is the perfect transition point for me right now. Because I wrote it today, I'm starting to believe that the Patriots are legit playoff contenders. Am I too optimistic? And let me preface this, Connor, by saying that the last three, four weeks, even a, a little bit to the end of the season, I was telling people, don't be surprised if the Patriots take a step backwards in 2022. And I wasn't saying that negatively. I was saying, listen, the Patriots sort of overachieved or yeah, overachieved in 2021. Some of the AFC underachieved in 2021. The AFC has obviously gotten better. Denver has gotten better. The Raiders have gotten better. The Chiefs have gotten down, but Miami got better. Buffalo, obviously, he got even better. Cleveland has gotten better. The, the the Cincinnati Bengals, who lost in the Super Bowl, have gotten better. Like We've seen that sort of transition. So I was like, listen, the Patriots could end up third in the AFC East. They could miss the playoffs. Relax. Don't worry, because next year, Belichick can spend a ton of money, but he's already going to have pieces on the team, like Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Matthew Jude on that type of thing. And then 2023 is really the Patriots' year. And then Belichick, you know, makes the Mac Wilson trade. And I say to Mike, not a big trade, but I'm starting to see what he's doing. He's getting smaller at defense, younger at defense. Uh, the Jabril Peppers trade or signing loved it. I mean, like, yeah. uh, we had Kyrie Thompson from Boston.com on last week, one of the only Boston media members I can stomach. And he basically said, like, yeah, it's Adrian Phillips with, like, this explosiveness to him. And then then they bring on Ty Montgomery, which I think is a really underrated signing because I think last year, like, we kept talking about where's J.J. Taylor? Why isn't he turning into that Rex Burkhead? That's the thought role we thought he was going to have. Fumbled in the Tampa game. Basically never got out of Belichick's doghouse. They got Ty Montgomery. And then Parker comes into play. Oh, Malcolm Butler returns, right? Malcolm Butler returns. And then Parker comes back into play. I'm now at the point where I'm like, you know what? This team, this could be a while. I, don't, I still don't think they're, they're going to beat the Bills. The Bills look like the best team in the AFC. Unfortunately, they're in the division. But when you look around it, I think this is a playoff team. Connor? Yeah, no, they definitely have the opportunity to. And a lot of things that we haven't even thought about is they also brought back a bunch of people, especially at the beginning. I mean... They brought back James White. They brought back Matt Slater. They brought back Devin McCourty. They brought back who, who a bunch of uh, big-name guys that were out on free agency. They re-signed them. The only really big person I think that they lost is obviously J.C. Jackson. Outside of that, I think they've kind of either kept the people who were really important to the team and also steadily increased by getting Devontae Parker, by getting Ty Montgomery, Jabril Peppers, you know, trading for Wilson. They've done smaller things that are going to add up. But I think outside of J.C. Jackson, they haven't missed a thing from last season. They're only going to have slightly improved. And last year was a wild card. I think that's very feasible that they're going to do the same this year. Michael? Yeah, listen, I, I don't think, and in, in the overreaction, most Patriots fans, and I jokingly said this to you the other day, is we we signed Devontae Parker, we're going to the Super Bowl, right? But what I think it does is force uh, more lay fans to actually, like you said, take a look at the team on paper and go, oh, wait a minute, this team isn't exactly garbage, especially if they, as a team, take that second year leap since this reboot, you know what I mean? Um like, listen, these are normal Patriots signings. Bill's taking guys that, you know, were injured, um, you know, were good, were high draft picks. Uh, they've kind of been down on their luck. And he says, hey, I'm going to do something with you. I don't I don't know why people are surprised. This is a normal Patriots offseason. This is a normal Patriots offseason for sure. I'm just what I'm sticking with in the mind is, though, is. I think he's made enough moves that I have. I think this team may be a little bit better than I initially anticipated. If the Patriots yes. don't go to the playoffs, let me ask you guys first, Connor, I'll start with you. If the Patriots don't go to the playoffs this season, 
what level of disappointed are you going to be? I mean, not the general, like, I'm disappointed they're not there, but what level of disappointed are you going to be, if any? I'm not going to be overly disappointed. Coming into this year, I really want to see Mac Jones take a step forward. If If he does, I think they are going to make the playoffs. So I'd be a little bit more disappointed in the fact that if he comes out and stumbles a little bit, I'll be a little bit worried for the long-term future. Because so I think that if he takes a step forward, they should be able to at least get to that kind of 10-7 and 7 range where there's a good shot at making the playoffs. But I'm not coming out and declaring, until I do come out and declare that Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm sure I will. But it's going to be an uphill battle looking at uh, a lot of the teams. The Patriots have a little bit of ways to go. I think we need to wait for Mac Jones to develop even more for the Patriots to get you know a ton of cap space next season. I think they're building up for the next couple of years, but I I would be slightly disappointed only because I think that means Mac Jones didn't really take a step forward. Have you predicted that the Sox are going to go undefeated yet this year? Uh, I have not. They'll probably come out tomorrow because I think it's Thursday they're starting. Thursday, 1 p.m. in the Bronx. I am expecting them to be around 100 and 162 and 0, though. That's the that's the initial prediction. How exciting is it, Sox? Broncos, Yankees to start to start this season. I mean, that's the perf. They don't ever do these really good matchups. Like it's always, I always end up like no. Blue Jays and Baltimore to kick off the season. They, so. they did it by mistake this year. <laughs> oh yeah, you know it was they by did mistake. it on accident. Yes, they know, couldn't. I, they couldn't even plan it correctly. I'm going to point something out to you guys. There, there's another one. I hear this all the time in Americans on accident, right? Yeah, is, that, we, is we, that correct? No, no, but it's an American thing. I've heard like on other like other Americans say it too. Yeah, we say by accident. You do uh, think here we say we both, do things? Yeah, interchangeably, right? Yeah, yeah nobody by here. I've never heard accident. a Canadian say on accident, and it's like I just I like the little being like a podcaster and like having a, not just American guests, but now two um, you know American co-host so I, I talk to you guys quite often i love the little just like the little things that are just different about our countries you know what i mean like just the like mike and i were talking about how we spell here in canada how it's i don't know if i ever told you this story connor so the first time i ever uh, when i for not for my first video but i made a video once like way before the podcast it was just videos and it was something like the patriots defense is going to be great and i spelled it d-e-f-e-n-c-e d-e-f-e-n-c-e Oh yeah, it's D E F E N S E, right? In America. In America. Oh, but, but everywhere it's, else it's, in the world, it's C E because I'm, by, when you go America by, does, likes to do everything different. They, when they you go don't, by, don't go on the metric system. Don't use uh, Celsius. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Ta- this is what we were talking about. But I was telling Mike though, I got just annihilated in the comments. What an embarrassment! This guy doesn't know how to spell defense, and he's he's <laughs> representing us on YouTube. I was like, what do you mean I don't know how to spell defense? Yes, I do. And That's I screw Mike. I screw Mike up all the time because like he'll see me tweet things. And I'll write like favorite F A V O U R I T I I E. You know what I mean? Like, oh, is that the Canadian I- spelling? Yeah, and yeah. color C O L C O L O U R. Oh, I've seen both. I've seen both of those, but I never, I never knew the difference. Yeah, the Canadian way is you. So I was telling Mike, like, so when I write on like a blog for Dean Blundell, my thing is littered with the American way and the Canadian yeah. way of doing things because I got to write everything American for all this. But Dean Blundell's a Canadian website, and because I do both, sometimes I get messed up and it's just littered with the Canadian. Like it's not even consistent. Like the first paragraph will be all Canadian, the second paragraph will be American. That's it's how you got to just- do it. Just just mix it all up. Throw everybody off. 
it is. So, Mike, let me ask you the question. Well, how sure. disappointed will you be if the Patriots don't make the playoffs? Um, I won't be at all. I'll be honest with you. They have a really hard schedule this year. The AFC is difficult. Um, the Patriots are without a true offensive play caller, as far as we know. So, um, you don't, you're not you don't have faith in Matt Patricia. I uh, <laughs> no comments. <laughs> I believe Connor I believe... called this two years ago. He kept saying, "Bring back Matt Patricia." Just... Oh yeah, offensive coordinator. So Mike and I got into a screaming match a few weeks ago, prior to McDaniel's going to the Raiders. Okay. That the Patriots had to move on from McDaniels. He was the problem with the Patriots offense. He's lost touch. He's lost this. So now Mike is just so excited that it's Joe Judge and Matt Patricia running this Patriots offense. He just because uh, he knows he's gonna have to hear about this all season from me. Aren't you happy that Josh? Listen, McDaniels I thought they were gonna bring in Bill O'Brien, maybe Adam Gase. Listen, I still bring up that bring no Tom one. Brady. I still bring up that Tom Brady ruined Josh Boyce's career. Okay, <laughs> which he did, by the way. Maybe they can give Josh Boyce another chance with Mac Jones. I love that you agree with me now because that was that was our <laughs> biggest fight ever. <laughs> that almost for- broke up the podcast. I forgot Josh Boyce even existed until then. <laughs> All right, boys, let's move on. A couple other things I definitely want to get to before this night ends, and uh, we're quickly running out of time. So this might seem like Captain Obvious, but Pro Football Talk is saying the Devontae Parker trade likely ends Nikhil Harry's time in New England. And I'm going to go out on a limb. And this is this is like not even a hot take. This is a lukewarm take at best. Uh, but I believe that Nikhil Harry's time with New England was done without Devontae Parker. They could have signed me to be wide receiver and Nikhil Harry's time could have been done in New England. Now, I am somebody who... Defended Nikhil Harry for a long time. Both of you, as my co host, sat on this yep. show and listened to me defend yep. Nikhil Harry. And then he fielded a punt with his face against Buffalo, and I couldn't take it anymore. And I said, F it. We could have had DK. We could have had Debo. Uh, shout out to Pats Nation because during the NFC Championship game, Nikhil Harry. <laughs> was trending across Twitter <laughs> because of Patriot fans taking over Twitter, watching Debo Samuel on his own, trying to lay a smackdown on those Rams when the rest of his offense couldn't get going because Jimmy Garoppolo is a useless quarterback. A quarterback, by the way, that Connor and I were pressured into on many occasions to try to declare the next quarterback of the New England Patriots. That's true. Uh, instead, we got Ragon Mac Jones. Uh, Nikhil Harry would have been done anyways. Devontae Parker maybe solidifies it. Uh, if they draft a wide receiver, then we know for sure, I guess. But I don't, you know, I don't see anybody giving up anything for Nikhil Harry. He could be a straight release. We'll have to see. I go to you first. I mean, this is just thank you, Captain Obvious, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's gone. I think Devontae Parker. The, that's the prototype of what they wanted in Nikhil Harry. They just pu- pushed the fast forward button on it and said, we'll take it. You know what I mean? Uh, he's gone. Nobody, Nobody's going to give anything for him. The Patriots probably aren't even going to want the seventh round pick that you know they're going to get for him. Just let him go. Stop dealing with him. You know, make the roster spot and, you know, move Christian Wilkerson up for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I guess Nikhil Harry's agent knew it was coming when he declared the trade last season. He was trying to get him while his (laughs) stock was still somewhat sellable. Now they 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 can't even sell the stock off anymore after last year. That was the icing on the cake. Um, They should just they should just sell that shot of the ball bouncing off his face like 10 times. 
Oh, I, I liked the other one where it tipped off his hand and went way up in the air. And uh, they, I think it was versus the Bills and they intercepted and he just made no attempt to even the Colts. be involved oh. in the play. The Colts. The Colts. Yeah, that's what I knew. Sat there. He just, he just sat, sat there, there looking up in the air, staring yeah, at the ball. As the ball, the, I feel like that ball was up in the air for seven minutes and then he just made no attempt to do anything on it. Yeah. I, I was like, all right, let's never let this guy play in a Patriots uniform again. I tweeted something about Nikhil Harry and some Patriots fan had the balls to say, I don't get guys that cheer against their own team. And I was <laughs> like, dude, we, do you we know how much I fucking forever. stuck up for this guy? Do you know what? I felt a little vindication for you and I too, Connor. Yep. Sony Michelle is a two-time Super Bowl champion. He is. He is. Sony Michelle. Wow. Good for him again. And how Sony many times Michelle. did we go to bat for that kid? Yes. Yeah, but Tony Michelle has actually produced. Nikhil Harry has yeah. never produced anything for New England. Like no, he all. hasn't. He's been no. useless. Yeah. But Sony Michelle, you and I both never got the, the, the hate, the vigorous hate. They hated Sony as much no. as they hated Nikhil Harry. Yeah. I never understood right. where it came from. But uh, right. Yeah. No. Nikhil Harry has been fucking useless. Yes. Useless for three for three years. Three years. You know what? One of the things, too, that we used to defend Nikhil is, oh, well, he's been injured, so he's never really gotten a good opportunity. And then they'll use it against us getting Devontae Parker. Well, he's injured all the time. All he's going to have is 600 yards in a season. Oh, okay, Dude, I would so... take 300 yeah, yards. Yeah, exactly. If he gets 250 yards this season, he has outperformed Nikhil he Harry. Total. Total. His entire career. And doesn't commit any stupid penalties. Right. Oh my God! Oh. You know what? It, it's like Nikhil Harry is just at that point of his career with the Patriots that that's what happens. Like I could, I think I tweeted it was one game last year. The only thing he contributed was a holding call, and I just remember being yes. like, "Oh, fucking <laughs> welcome to the game, Nikhil Harry." <laughs> Negative like, ten yards on the day. Yeah, it was like some forty-yard play by Johnu Smith holding yeah, number one Patriots. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, let's. We want to get to one more for sure. If we have time to get to the others, we will. But I want to get to this one for sure. Because interesting tweet. My boy Michael uh, wrote this today. He says, I'd be lying if I said I was excited about the Patriots draft because I got a bad feeling about it. Just happy that we got Mac Jones some weapons and free agency. And I think that this comes down that there's still a mistrust of Bill Belichick in the draft. Now, let's acknowledge Belichick absolutely nailed the draft out of the park in 2021. Mac Jones with the 15th overall, the most NFL-ready quarterback of the 2021 draft. Christian Barmore, the best defensive lineman in the draft, got him. We haven't seen Ronnie Perkins yet, but I think it could be a steal in the third round. We assume he's going to be a significant contributor to the New England Patriots this season and beyond. Ramondre Stevenson in the fourth round, significant contributor to the Patriots already, probably expecting a better season and another step up in 2022. We haven't seen Christian McGrone yet because of his injury. However, we expect him to be a contributor, not a major one like others, but a contributor. That being said, there was a lot of misses down the roads. The Derek Rivers, I would say Isaiah Wynn was a miss. Nikhil Harry, obviously. Chase Winovich, Duke Dawson. And I'm not going to just keep, you know, driving it on. I mean, Josh Boyce, and it goes on and on and on. So there's still a mistrust for Bill Belichick. So I'm going to be honest, guys, as much as I'm one of the biggest Bill Belichick defenders, and we talk about the Mike on Wee News and the Shaq Masons and the Hightowers and the, the Devin McCordys of the world, um, you have to replace those with the Chad Jacksons and, you know, and the Dawsons and the, the Kings of the world. 
so I don't I can't necessarily get down on Patriot fans for not having faith or at least not trusting Belichick however for me the draft last year when there was no surprises he kind of took the best player available took players I think we, we were all in on um he's kind of built a little bit of a bridge for me to be like okay dude I'll give you this draft before if you miss this one then I'm gonna say okay Belichick you know he hasn't been able to draft since 2011 whatever it may be however he built a little bit of grace for me Connor I'll start with you does does did he build grace for you in the draft or are you still one of those on the fence mistrusting kind of guys for Belichick in his draft he did he did because last year was a great draft and he's had great drafts before I mean he's had it's been a mixed bag and it's going to be a mixed bag when you're doing this for 20 years you're not going to nail the draft 20 years straight but my concern is still at wide receiver because I want them to draft a wide receiver that can grow with Mac Jones and that's going to be around for the next five plus years as Mac Jones gets better he gets better with them so that's kind of what I'm hoping for this season and to say that I'm confident in whoever Belichick's gonna potentially draft it, it makes me nervous it makes me nervous that what if it's another Nikhil Harry although knock on wood I don't think it can be that bad I think no matter who they get they're gonna have to be better but I am concerned that they could use some high draft capital on somebody who won't pan out so that is kind of a concern interesting number that came out today by Jerry Thornton and I'll get to you Mike the page Bill, under Bill Belichick, the Patriots have drafted 22 wide receivers. Did you know that? 22 wide receiver. Uh, yeah. 18 of those wide receivers were drafted in the fourth round or higher. So they were either fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh round draft picks. 18 of the 22. Okay. Now he Shout missed. Julian Edelman. Yeah. And say, say, and two of those 18 are Julian Edelman and Matthew Slater. Okay. So. Is it fair to say, like, I want to know how many receivers Pittsburgh has missed on compared to, I know we hit, they hit on Juju, they hit on AB. Yeah, they hit on a bunch. But I'm saying only 22, I don't think they take as many receivers as other teams. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see where the misses, the hits are. I want to explore this number a little bit more. Because when you're talking 22 total wide receivers and 18 of them, the highest pick is the fourth round. It's not like you're picking the cream of the crop wide receivers out of this draft. Yeah, that's a very good point. I'm trying to think, wasn't Aaron Dobson like a second round pick? Yeah, he could have been. I'm yeah. saying there was there was four other receivers, including one Nikhil Harry, one Dobson, okay. one Dobson, Chad Jackson, Chad Jackson, and I think Boyce. Right? Other. Wasn't Boyce one of the, in I the think top Boyce three? Boyce was like a third or a fourth. What was the yeah, I think branch. You... Oh, Dion. Branch. Oh yeah, so, yeah Dion. Dion. So okay, yes. so that was a good one. So. In the four that they've picked, outside of the four, higher than the four, like either in the first three rounds, one was Dion Branch. Yep. Yeah. Massive so success. They've missed on three in the early yep. rounds. Yeah. I forget the question now, Mike. Yeah. Oh, have too. you? Do you have faith? Has he built any bridge time for you? Yeah. Um, you know, we we've kind of talked about how if you took the number away from the position, he's drafted fairly productive players you know maybe not the most productive maybe not the best but last year you know you're you're talking about potentially three to four you know starting players you know we still have to see Rodney Perkins we still need to see um Bledsoe we still need to see Cameron McGrone um they have some linebackers floating around that we haven't seen play yet from previous drafts Bill Belichick really has, and I think this is going to be another year where I'm really hoping they go best available player at, at the position they may want, and maybe even trade some draft capital to solidify 
those people that they want. So they get three or four people that they know are going to fit their system and work for them and be productive players. I'd rather have four great players than, you know, seven potentially like, you know, we'll take a reach on on three or four of them. You know what I mean? Since we're discussing the draft, I'd like to just play a quick little clip of the greatest draft moment in the history of the New England Patriots. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the six-time world champion New England Patriots select Mac Jones. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. We got so the quarterback. We got him. Let's, Let's go. go. That's the quarterback of the future, baby. Bill Belichick. He was waiting for it the whole time. Uh, he's he's like sprinting to the stage. Let's he's crying. He's he crying. So happy. He I so am happy. Look at him. Look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, the Patriots have their quarterback. Yeah. Buddy. That um, pillow throw is still the most... <laughs> That's, underrated that's throw the, of all that's time. what I'm known for now. The pillow throw. I will never forget that when Mac Jones was drafted. The pillow throw. That's yeah. awesome. That was uh, that was an absolute. Uh, Mike and I have we've played that now like ten times in the last two <laughs> yeah. weeks because it's draft season. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, and I, I haven't really got to talk to you about this, Connor. Like we had to actually had this we had this whole like 15 minute breakdown of the video a couple weeks ago. That had to have been the most. So. Connor, people thought that we had faked that reaction. Oh no, that was live. That was totally yeah. live. The whole thing. We and we were showing that people. Moment. Yep. That was the most genuine reaction. I was like, Connor was in a hoodie and a pair of shorts, and literally just stood there from the waist down on camera. <laughs> That's not a pre-recorded reaction. No, the not only at all. reason I was bent over the way I was is because my headphones were tugging and I couldn't go up anymore. I was trying to get untangled from my headphones. Dude, I went on my break right after that, forgot to mute myself, and was screaming as I was walking up the stairs. <laughs> like that was just such a such a moment for us. I'm glad, and I'm glad we got it on camera. I'm glad we got it on film. Still, our most popular TikTok to this day as well. Oh, it has to be right. right. So, Shout guys, I got TikTok. one. I got one more thing I want to talk about, but Connor. Yep. I'm still waiting for Connor commentary to relaunch. Me too. Right. A half hour show once a week. Yep. I gotta. I gotta uh, resurrect it. I told how's you. I'll that, produce how's it for, that for you. a big word. I'll produce it for you if you want. I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna start drawing some things up. I think I'm gonna bring it back. You're not the I'm all, other people have asked me about it recently. It's funny out of nowhere because it's been dead for at least a year, right? Do you want to do it on this channel? We can simulcast it on this and your channel. Yeah. Yeah. I'll produce it for you. I'll be in the background too. I won't be on camera. I'll be like Ben. Like I'll be in the background. But if you need me to talk, I can talk back to you. Yes. Yes. Like producer Ben and pro, and former producer Ed. Now I can be producer Ray. Producer Ray. I love we it. We legit have producer Mike, producer Ray, producer Ben, Red. producer this Ed. Is... Mike, you have an official uh, title now. I do. That's a, I mean, that's a... how come I feel like I'm going to end up producing this show? Because it... No, no, <laughs> I'll Ray's produce. going to be too busy. <laughs> this is no offense to you, Mike, but I would take any opportunity to work on a project no, with no, Connor I again. I know, I know. And I think he Appreciate can commit that. to a 30-minute show once I can, a week. I can, I can find the time. Nice. We'll talk, Connor. We'll talk. Sounds like a plan. I'll bring back all your old theme music and everything if you want. <laughs> I don't even remember it now. I gotta 
I gotta look. I just, I just, I'm just looking forward to. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> a week later, he said it like that. You guys are coming back from break. That was the best part. And and we're back, except it will have been like over a year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll meet at that time. We're actually back. All right, we'll talk. It won't be Dear Pat's Nation. It'll be Connor commentary. I'll produce. I'll only come on camera occasionally. I'll be like Ben. It'll be a special treat when I come on camera. I love it. All right, boys. Super nice. quick here because our boy Greg Bedard back at it again. Should Bill <laughs> Belichick be on the hot seat? It wouldn't be an NFL Patriots offseason if it wasn't asked. Should Bill Belichick be on the hot seat? Uh, we had Kyrie Thompson on the podcast last week, writer for Boston.com. Again, you know, one of the only Boston media members that I can stomach. And he said, Bill Belichick has created enough cash that he can leave any time that he wants. Bill Belichick has missed the playoffs twice or three times without Tom Brady in the last 22 years. He missed one playoff round, had one of the most useless quarterbacks in the NFL in Cam Newton, brought Mac Jones in on a rookie deal, and went to the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills. Granted, they got blown out, but again, rookie quarterback to the playoffs, Bill Belichick is not on the hot seat. His seat is so cold, they must have put that thing in the freezer before he sat down. Michael, I'll go to you. I will give Connor last word on this. Yeah, I think all this hot seat talk is always nonsense. Like, listen, they were talking about, you know, Bill getting fired after the second Jets game last year if they lost. It, it, it's ridiculous. The guy's had 20 years of success. You know, they don't want to give him 15 minutes to rebuild. And, you know, nothing is ever good enough a la, you know, normal Boston media culture. So, nope, he's fine. He'll be here as long as he wants. And that'll be that. And they'll be angry and it'll give them something to talk about for years. Yep. So uh, it, it must be uh, April 4th, right? It's, it's three weeks after uh, free agency started, but still about three weeks before the draft. I mean, you could probably set your watch by this. It's time for the Is Bill Belichick on the Hot Seat tweet. They should probably put on a thing where it just comes out at this time every single year and that they just stay ahead of it so they don't even have to go back and update it. I mean, the, the split between free agency starting and before the draft begins, perfect time to uh, tell Bill Belichick he's going to get fired. Yeah, because pre-free agency, it's just fire Bill Belichick. (laughs) Once we get to free agency, it's hot seat. All right, Connor, can can you help me out with this? Yep. I think you're going to know what to say. I think I can do it. After I say, no matter where you are in the world, never forget, you're going to follow it up with, it starts with an L. Okay? Oh, boy. I have no idea. Two words. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I have adopted legit kid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As my sign off, I adopted that from you. Except yep. instead of saying something about those Patriots or legit kid, I say, no matter what's going on and no matter what's going on, no matter where this. you are in the world, never forget your legit then, kid. <laughs> so can you can help me out with take. that? That was good practice. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for Should the we practice time. one more time. I don't know, Mike. What do you think? One more practice round? Or... One more, one more practice round. <laughs> All right. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter where you are, never forget. Legit kid. All right. Here we All go. Right. All right. We're good. We're ready. All right, guys. Don't forget to head on over to DeanBlundell.com. Find my content and hundreds of content. Sports, politics, news, uh, sports. Have fun over there. Uh, check out rayroute.com. Find all my content over there podcasts, videos, blog, merch store. You can get a nice Deer Pass Nation sweater just like Connor is wearing tonight. Uh, head on over to the Newsbreak app. Download the Newsbreak app. Search up Ray Route. Big things coming. I got a meeting this week to hear about all these brand new features. So excited about getting over there uh, and becoming a creator on the Halftime app. 
Check out Newsbreak, newsbreak.com, or download Newsbreak. Look up Ray Routes. Find all of my Newsbreak content over there. And never forget, guys, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter where you are in the world, you're legit, kid. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.